Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? Hello, everyone. So it's Thursday, and we have another guest. The only way I know what day it is is by when I have to record my podcast and when they're scheduled to go out. So I know when Tuesdays and Thursdays are. I mean, can anyone relate? Seeing all those memes, it's whatever day ends in why. <laughs> so anyways, I'm excited to have today's guest on. I found her on Instagram. She was hosting a Pieces of Me challenge that I loved and did myself and got some other people going through it and doing their own Pieces of Me challenge, sharing themselves, answering some vulnerable questions, and it was really fun and interesting at the same time. But I loved the wisdom she gave in this episode. She talks about red flag, white flag, another way of trusting your intuition and how to build it, which I thought was brilliant. She discusses boundary lines because I know we are all learning about new boundary lines when we're cooped up with each other or, you know, when we're out in public and sometimes people do not maintain six feet away. I talked to my grandma about this all the time I'm like oh my god I can't I cannot I cannot deal I cannot deal like keep your space this is my dancing space that is your dancing space and if you know that reference kudos to you (laughs) and with that let us begin Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Built Brave podcast. I'm excited to have this guest on because I was just talking to her and being like, I don't know how I discovered her on Instagram, but she did this Pieces of Me challenge, and it's all part of who she is, and I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway, and since then, it's evolved to being having her on the podcast because I just loved what I saw she was putting out and her story and everything about it. So Jade, can you let the audience know who you are and what you're about? Oh, thank you for the welcome and for having me and uh, Instagram. Oh, God love it. I just find that you find the most randomest connections on there in such a in such a fun, fun way. But my name is Jade. I am the founder of Event Head and a few other projects. But basically, I help entrepreneurs create purposeful and powerful events. And everything that underpins my work is meaningful connection. So I have spent the last, oh my gosh, nearly 20 years working in everything from corporate to finance to not-for-profit and then with entrepreneurs. And one thing remains the same. We all crave meaningful connection, and that is what all of my work is based around. Beautiful. So how did you stumble onto the meaningful connection piece? When was the, like, aha moment? <laughs> oh, I love that. So 
Before I started my business, I, and when I was pregnant, I was three or four years deep into managing a cancer charity for 18 to 40 year olds with cancer. And this was really, really important for so many Australians and our members, but also for the general public because we didn't know that they're the forgotten generation when it comes to cancer diagnoses. Everybody thinks that it's um, the older population and children, but we tend to forget that there's people our age who are really going through a, a hugely tough, tough time and facing their mortality at an age where it just shouldn't be happening. So one of the programs that I ran was it was almost like a wish program, like make a wish. So for people who were terminally ill, we had a budget and I would ask them, what they would like to do. So we have this money, we wanted to create a celebration for them, give them something beautiful that they could enjoy with their loved ones and not really think about what is happening, but to just be in the moment with the ones who love them so, so deeply. And I worked really closely with our members to create these, I guess, wishes, these grants and to make it all come true and that was absolutely the turning point for me in terms of how I wanted to move forward with my life because we did everything from one of our dear members had an end of life celebration party where she invited all of her friends and family who were around so she could say goodbye but in a really beautiful way that they would have this memory of her uh and we did dinners and family photo shoots and these beautiful little trips and i knew that if there was one thing i wanted to move forward with in my life it was that i would create moments where people could have those genuine genuine moments of connection and you don't worry about logistics or if there's pies in the oven or where the catering is or if the photographer's here yet. It was never about that. It was about bringing people together to share a really honest, honest moment. And I became pregnant and I knew that I would start my own business because I've loved business stuff my whole life. It just never really came to fruition, but I knew it was time to go out on my own. And I had no idea what the business would be, what it would look like. And it wasn't until my daughter was born and she was probably 10 or 11 weeks old. And then the idea came to me and it all stemmed from there. Mm, That's beautiful. And I think that's so important, like those genuine moments of connection. I mean, it's even more important now that we can't touch each other or physically be around each other because, you know, guys, at the time we're recording this, we're still in quarantine. Hopefully when this releases, we're not or we have an end date in mind. But I notice, like even with myself, like 
I'm always present with people. Like if there's an event, the phone is away, like it's away. So I can have those genuine moments. And I get, I also get really irritated being like, put the phone away or like <laughs> Apple watches. Like I'm like, I see people with Apple watches and I'm having a conversation with them and they're like looking at it and I'm going, all right, I'm never getting an Apple watch. <laughs> Cause I'm like, you're taking away like these moments that I call like stolen moments. Like you and I are having conversation right now. And it just, you know, with the work you were doing, it was just heightened at that um, effect because of the challenges they were facing, which, I don't even want to imagine like the emotional roller coaster you went through through that and just supporting these people. Or maybe you didn't go through an emotional roller coaster. I don't know. How did you manage that? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I did. It was, it was tough. I think so many people listening and the people attracted to you and you yourself would absolutely know and work from a place where you have so much empathy for other people and you're going to think about other people before you think about yourself and it is something that you have to manage because it's tough it's it's tough to take on everyone else's pain and push down your own it's going to come out some way somehow and I think that's why you know, when I was pregnant, I had to get out of it because I felt so much guilt around being pregnant and welcoming new life when that was one of the major issues that the members faced was that that they were being robbed of a chance to have children. They were, they didn't know what would happen in the future and their dreams were dashed. So I, I felt like it was a lot and I had beautiful support around me but you do get burnt out very quickly and I think that's like a lot of people in the not-for-profit industry and for these organizations you're you're running on adrenaline and yeah you, you forget to take care of yourself so that's a lesson that we learn over many 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 years though (laughs) I feel like you would agree with me boundaries and self-care and if it doesn't come naturally you've got to learn it but it takes a long time to understand what that means for you like last year I thought I was getting a lesson in boundaries and then this year I'm like no (laughs) definitely now getting a lesson in boundaries and like what it looks like and you know, things have been amplified where I'm at for me to realize what's not working. And it's giving me the nudge to be like, okay, I just want to move and make stuff happen. But the world is on a pause at the moment. So like, I'm learning to give myself grace. And what does that look like in the situation I'm in to having like boundaries being like, this is my space. (laughs) Like, I love you, care about you, but like, okay, I need my space. We're here 24-7 at the moment. Just don't need to do everything together. But mm-hmm. so for going off of that, what did you learn about yourself when you started creating more boundaries that supported you and taking more time for that self-care for yourself? I realized that 
it's so interesting because I always, always thought that by saying no to people, that would make me a bad person, you know, and I thought that not being there at every beck and call would mean that I was just so selfish and I just wasn't programmed any other way than to say yes. And I feel like even if you look, like I've done every test, you know, how they do like the Maya Briggs or palm reading, numerology, and even all the ones that you have in corporate because I worked in finance and did all of these things. They do all of this testing and every test comes back as me being somebody who serves. You know, I've always been the right-hand woman. I'm there to lift other people up, to support other people. And I think I took that too far. (laughs) I was like, well, this is who I am. So it says that I'm like this, so I should just continue to be like this. But what they don't tell you from all of these things and all of these tests, and especially in high energy workplaces um, and working in corporate, they don't tell you or teach you how to use that in a healthy way. You know, they use it to really help understand you, maybe put you in a little box, (laughs) but they don't say, okay, well, this is how you can make it work for you. And so that was a lesson in personal development. But uh, what I learned is that And especially after having a child, you have to really, really focus on not just someone who is really helpless and vulnerable and needs all the help that they can get, but you realise your own weaknesses and you realise that you are a human with a body that needs taken care of and if you're sick, you can't help anyone and... Yeah, it's just, it's a crazy, crazy lesson in humility and I guess mm, finding out that you're not invincible and that by saying yes to everyone, you're not always serving them and you're definitely not serving yourself and that if you continue in this way, you're going to end up on the other side and you're going to realize that you haven't enjoyed it as much as you thought. I think that's really important. Like saying yes to everyone else. You're not actually like serving them. You're not showing up for them. It's like you have your hand in a cookie jar and then like maybe you're grabbing the ice cream, but then you want some chocolate milk. So how do you do all of that? But you want them all. And then you get none of them because some catastrophe happens in in the kitchen, whatever. It maybe falls on the floor. It's gone. (laughs) That's a great analogy. I'm going to have to remember that one. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I can only imagine, especially if you have kids and they're wanting that. Oh, nightmare and a half. But also, I think you brought up another point about you get to a point where you realize you weren't actually happy. That didn't actually serve you. And that it didn't fill you up like you thought it would fill you up. Mm, Definitely. And, you know, at the time it felt okay and you go, this is 
this is fine, this is life, right? And then something happens and you realise, okay, maybe maybe this isn't something that brings me joy. <laughs> it doesn't spark joy, Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I um I realized that m- my marriage wasn't working too. So in the last 2 years I became a single mom and and dealt with that and a lot of that was well it came from a lot of introspection around my happiness and how emotion was creeping out and I had no idea and I would travel so much for work and I loved it I felt so free and I would travel the globe and run events and my daughter and my ex-husband would come with me half the time and I just loved being free and I remember I was in England and we were in London for like the second time in in three months with my dear friend and assistant who worked for me. And every time I'd get on a bus to leave anywhere, I would just start crying. And I didn't really know why. I was just like, oh, I'm so sad because I loved it. But it was like tears that I could not even control. And she she said to me one day, she's like, JM, your soul is crying. I was like, what does she mean by that? And I realized that, you know, going home was, it was great because I loved to see my family. And of course, my daughter, I would always crave her wherever I was, but I felt so confined and restricted in those walls and coming home, it didn't feel beautiful and expansive and inspiring and all of those things and then I had to really dive into why I was feeling like that and that led to to the journey that I had and um, that was a huge, huge eye-opener for me and, yeah, you do realise that whether you like it or not, your soul is going to tell you (laughs) whether time's up on something or if something's wrong and that's a huge lesson in in boundaries because they're the hardest boundaries to have when it comes to relationships and family and your day-to-day life it's not just saying no to a work event you're reassessing your life as a whole and saying is this right for us anymore how do we make that look better And a lot of the time that is really, really scary and really, really confronting and not something that you would have imagined you would be thinking about this far down the track. Yeah, when you start to realise those those things that aren't working in your life, like your marriage, for an example, you're not happy and it takes bravery to break up a marriage in a society that puts so much value on it. But then it's also interesting to see like the flip side of things as you're going on this journey. Yeah, in the beginning of it, I might have looked like I was creating a train wreck and upheaving my whole life, which I was, but I'm doing that to be happy. And it's kind of like, when is the ground going to break to be like, oh, you did that because you wanted to be happy and not because you wanted to just blow up your life in some sort of way. 
definitely have. With with the soul work, like what did what else did you discover about yourself besides your relationship not working? Because first of all, anyone who faces themselves head on, I'm like, you are brave and courageous because it's not easy. It's not. It's funny. Have you seen those memes where it's like <laughs> um, what you think a spiritual awakening looks like and what it really <laughs> looks like? And anyone who has just felt like they've been into the depths of despair will look at that and go, oh, yeah, I feel that. (laughs) You're like you're thinking you're this beautiful, posh-looking Barbie, but instead you're the Barbie with the black coon eyes, hair all over the place, (laughs) sitting there being like, WTF, what just happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not it's not pretty and you really do have to face all aspects of yourself. It's not about the people. It's not just about the people around you or the relationship. It's really about you and who you are and like my challenge pieces of me, you know, what are those layers that make you up as a person and how has that changed and are you willing to pursue that? What makes you happy? What makes you spark up? What makes you feel limitless? I think that you can have any type of life you want. It doesn't have to be, you know, jet-setting around the world, building businesses, hitting high-income goals, being influencers, You can have like a beautiful, steady relationship, live in a suburb that makes you so happy, be with a family that feels super grounded and supportive and still feel like you're on top of the world. I don't think this is, these things are mutually exclusive. I absolutely believe that whatever life looks good for you, you can feel the best you've ever felt, but it really comes back to remembering who you are as a person, what things feel really, really good for you and how you can bring that more into your life. And it comes back always to meaningful connection because that is coming back to yourself and saying, okay, these are the parts that make up me as a person and I recognise that without these I don't feel whole and I will try and fill that gap with something else that might not be healthy or good for me uh, or will drain my energy instead of amplify it. And it sounds easy. It's like, oh, what do I like? What do I like doing? Who am I as a person? But the the more you dive in, the more you realise that you probably haven't thought about this for a really long time. And it can be scary when you're not coming up with those answers as easily as you thought. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a few, like, tools and techniques and things that I use to help me really gain clarity around what I want and what I crave and and what I need 
And that for me just strengthened relationships and it made me, I think it, it made me more powerful at the end of the day because I knew what I wanted and I knew how it would positively affect everyone around me and I went out and I got it and it wasn't hard, didn't feel hard, but it was terrible going through it all in the first place. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it was easy. That was that was um yeah, I went through a really, really painful eighteen months to get to that point. Well, I'm glad you went through that painful eighteen months to find you. So you're welcome. And that's like one thing with people about like going through pain. It's like you have to go through that. Go through the pain to figure out who it is that you are. And what it is that you want and you know it's not easy but it's on the it's like the reward at the end you feel grounded in who you are you're clear on what you want who like who you are as a being and being like hey this is me love me hate me whatever I don't care this is me um but what are some like tips and um exercises or tactics someone could use who wants to dive deeper into what they want what they want or is just starting to figure out okay how do I figure out what it is that I want yeah so I've got a really really easy one and this is something I teach everybody (laughs) and it's called white flag red flag because that is literally what you will be putting everything into <laughs> when you do this. So I I really recommend that people do this in every, every part of their life, like from the moment you wake up to the time you go to sleep and record it. So writing things down is really, really powerful, as we all know it becomes more real. And I think when it's handwritten and connected from your body onto the paper, it's even more powerful. But white flag, red flag is a super, super easy exercise that I used to do when I was building up my business. And I would be in a moment and I would take like a minute, like not even a minute, like a second of reflection and say how is this feeling for me is it feeling good do I feel expanded do I feel happy do I feel joy do I feel contentment do I feel peace yes that is a white flag if I'm in another situation and I feel anxious stressed unsafe unsupported scared lonely anything negative I guess on the spectrum of emotion then that would be a red flag and so if you start getting into this process like right now here sitting with you having really open and honest conversations this for me is a white flag and this is something that I enjoy and that gives me energy and I love being able to connect with you and and share these moments. And so I would write in my diary, if I had today written down with like all the times of the day 
like on your diary from 8 30 to 9 to 9 30 I'd be like 9 a.m podcast with low and then you would just put w like white flag this is so great so beautiful such an honor so good but then maybe at 12 o'clock I have to go do something and I can already sense that I am feeling yuck I am getting frustrated I'm irritated and I'm snapping and I guess right now because we're in corona (laughs) corona whatever this is like alternate universe um I might be feeling anxious about a decision I have to make that compromises mine and my daughter's health in some way like going out to the shops I can't leave her at home but I I don't want to bring her so that makes me feel icky so I put down red flag so then at the end of the day I just look and I've got lots of W's and I've got lots of R's and then over the weeks you can start to see patterns emerging and you're like okay I feel really good and I feel really safe when I'm like in the presence of people who are open-minded are willing to have big beautiful deep conversations who want to uplift people and have a message to share with the world. So I crave more of that. So how can I bring more of that into my life? Or how can I make sure I have these little pockets of joy scattered throughout the weeks and months so that they're there to buoy me up and it's something to look forward to? Then I look at all my red flags and I'm like, okay, well, this really stresses me out. So maybe I can look at ways that I can get out or get groceries or something in another way where I don't feel like I'm compromising my daughter's health and safety, however that looks. And it's a really simple exercise. I could have been more succinct and literally said, if it feels good, put down white flag. If it feels bad, (laughs) write down red flag. And then you come to the end of it and you start seeing patterns evolving. And you may not have realized that in the moment, but now you're consciously writing these things down. It becomes very apparent what moments in your life bring stress and anxiety and and feelings that are really draining and what things really light you up. And then what I ask people to do after that is to make a commitment. And that commitment is always, always, always to yourself, first and foremost, to bring more of the white flags into your life. doesn't have to be every day. Sometimes that's not possible, but at least regularly and making sure that you put yourself first. And with the red flags, taking those and really investigating them and saying, why does it make me feel this way? which of my boundaries are being encroached, how can I make this work better for me and sometimes we can't get rid of these things in our lives, you know, it's just not practicable. So we've got to look at how we can work with this to the best of our knowledge and behaviour and immediately there's always a sense of relief almost that you're like, okay, oh, I've identified that. How can I look to just make this even a little bit better? 
And sometimes that means having tough conversations or making tough decisions, but you'll never look back. And all you have to think to yourself every day, white flag, red flag, how does this make me feel? Beautiful. I'm going to start using it. I'm like, that's actually really good. White flag, red flag. And you explained it perfectly. You know, a lot of people, I, at least in my experience, they want to see have examples. And even for myself, I'm like, well, what does that look like? You could be like, how does that, what feels good and what feels icky? Well, what does that look like? It's like someone also asking me being like, how do you trust your intuition and start building that trust within that? I'm like, uh, you just do? I don't know. No. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, <laughs> no, like it's going back. It's kind of like, well, what were the times where you, you had that little voice come up and say like, no, no, don't go left, but you still went left and say like, for me, sometimes I, I got a crack in the windshield and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so then it's like, you feel that and you're just, you think back to when, and you're just like, oh, I remember last time I went left and uh, I got a crack in the windshield. And I'm like, that's why I shouldn't have gone left. I should have gone right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to take this decision. And even though it might be like a scary decision or feel uncertain, a little overwhelming, because a lot of times it's new and pushing you out of your comfort zone it's still the better option than going left and being like, well, damn it, I'm gonna have to go back going right because I just learned a lesson about going left. So you save more time if you're just like, I'll just go right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And intuition plays a huge, huge part of this because you tend to dull it down for the good of other people (laughs) you're like okay I'm going to be really selfless in this moment or this isn't about me this is about them or uh, the right thing to do is to squash any feelings I have about this and do what they want and you ignore your intuition so that's a really good point because that is something that will build up naturally because you're listening to yourself and we we just tend to shut that voice out we learn to. Right. Because we live in a society pre-corona that did not value intuition. And I'm hoping post-corona they start valuing <laughs> intuition. Who knows? We don't know what the world's going to be like post this, but <laughs> putting it out there, universe. But that's what I've noticed is like we don't put value on intuition. Like everything's like results very masculine is it great on paper if it's great on paper it's supposed to translate in life when it's just like no it doesn't so what if this guy looks amazing on paper and I meet him and I'm just like nah not for me like I don't need to explain it's just doesn't doesn't drive doesn't work like no so yeah there's um another little thing that I <laughs> I do and it's around magnets, like positives and negatives. I feel like when I meet people because, you know, my business for the last seven years is was events, I meet people all the time and some people you're just so attracted to, like you want, and not like sexually but just in this really 
emotional, spiritual way. You're just really attracted to them. There's a pull for the both of you to come together. And then there's other people where you're like, whoa, <laughs> uh, not for me. Really, really trust that. So I'm always like, okay, are we two magnets coming together or are we two magnets that, you know, it's really forcing the relationship? And my friendship circle, my outer circle, everything is really based around these positives and negatives and the magnet and the pull. If I feel pulled to you, I want more of you. You'll be in my life in some way. And if I meet you and it's just not there, I'm not going to force it anymore because two magnets are not going to come together if they're different, whatever they are, fields or whatever. Um, that was a great way to explain it, Jade. But I, I seriously picture that in my head. I'm like, we can't be forced together and, and that's okay to not people please and to not have to feel like I need to serve every single person on this planet. It's such a injustice to yourself. So yeah, just think about magnets and flags. I, magnets and flags. You know, <laughs> it's it's interesting because I was talking to some people. I go, oh, I just don't want to be around that person. Like I just don't. And they're like, Well, you got to play nice in the sandbox. I'm like, I can play nice in the sandbox. I'm not saying I'm going to go up to them and rip them down. I'm just like, I don't want to be around this person. So let me vocalize that so I can get it out and you can understand that I don't want to be around this person. Like, it just doesn't mess. mesh. I'm not going to, I don't know, throw sand in the sandbox at them. Like, what art? No. <laughs> no. You're not going to, not going to chuck a tantrum about it, but that's how you feel and that should be respected and I think when other people say things like that it's you know it totally comes from the same place that we were at even just a few short years ago where you're like oh but we're supposed to like everyone <laughs> we're supposed to do the right thing um, and sometimes I mean in examples of that in my you know it's not in my past life <laughs> it does kind of feel like a past life um, sometimes you're enabling behavior that's not great so I think the more that we realize that it's okay to say no and if somebody says I'm not comfortable with this we can support them and and you don't always have to you know have a have an intimate relationship with everyone that you meet it's actually a really healthy thing mm -hmm. keeps those boundaries up and you know like you said like the positive negative sides of the magnet like you want to be around more people who fill up your cup instead of take that energy away since energy um you can replenish it with like food water sleeping but it's still finite and the fact of like there's so many hours in the day and what where do I want to put my energy towards and focus towards that will serve me instead of you know something that doesn't yeah that's exactly it. So before we shift over to discussing like the pieces of me, I want to share this with you. So growing up like in college, people, what did I say? Oh yeah, I would talk, they would ask me if I was attracted to this certain guy and stuff and I'd take a pause 
And I said, he doesn't pass the makeout test. And they're like, what makeout test? And I'm just like, I just visualize making out with this dude. And if I want to vomit, he's he's not. I'm not going to go over there and initiate a conversation or like an intimate relationship of that standard. I'm like, no, he's not boyfriend material. They're like, they look at me with four eyes. I'm just like, it just works for me. Like, I just won't. I'll be great friends with the dude. He just doesn't pass up the makeout test. So stop pushing him on me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. We all have to have our little our little things. And that is a an early sign of you saying, my intuition, everything in me says, hmm, that's not for me. <laughs> Right. If it makes me want to vomit, I'm going to run. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. And then segueing into your pieces of you, pieces of me, what inspired that in you to create in the world? I did this challenge for the first time probably four years ago and it was because I really just wanted to get to know people online. I feel like we see only a well, we know we only see a tiny little part in those squares and I just felt like I wanted to get deep and so when I meet people in real life, it's straight into DMs. If we have that connection, we'll be DMing and talking about the meaning of life in, in 15 minutes flat. So I was like, no, I really want to see what's behind that person's smile. And I was just like, what do I want to know about people? It's like, what makes them happy? a place that they love, what inspires them, all of these different prompts to help people bring out that side of them and to have, I guess, permission to explore all the pieces that make them up as a person. And it was just a really, really nice way to get to know each other. And the flow on effect was that it wasn't just me getting to know people. It was all of their followers and communities and friends as well and it was just so nice to see unfold because it was kind of like this domino effect you know I just I did it selfishly because I wanted to get to know other people better but by doing that and people saying yes to this challenge everybody else got to know them better and then maybe they did the challenge and then that person who initially did the challenge would get to know them better (laughs) It was really nice how it just flowed and and people were engaging with each other on a really different different level. And especially when your business is focused on something else and you don't really get to show on Instagram all those parts of you, it's so nice for people to see the person behind the screen and go, oh, she's she's real, she's cool, like I really identify with her story or, oh, that's how she got there or, oh, she loves going to the Swiss Alps as well. Like I'd love to go there one day. You feel those little, little moments of connection and, um, yeah, I I literally just made it on my bed one day because I was sick. I was, um, yeah, 
burnt out and getting sick a lot after I stopped breastfeeding my daughter. I was very physically ill and I just made it in bed. I was like, I want to see people. I want to see their soul. That's beautiful. Like it's just something simple. It's not something that you create doesn't have to be some grandiose event. It could just be a simple, simple thought and you just do. Yeah, that's it. Just do it. I love the challenge. I mean, discovered her, did it, and was like, hey, let's have you on the podcast. Um, but I will say what struggled for me is like the person you you love the most. I chose myself and I still struggled to post it there because I'm like, I don't want someone to think I'm being egotistical or that I'm full of myself or that I should like I should put someone there like someone in my family, whoever that may be that I I love. But then I had to sit back and be like, well, who am I as a person? What's the message I share? And then I sit here and I see so many women who come to me just wanting that permission to be themselves and love themselves. So that's where I'm like, well, I get to post that. And I can struggle with it, but it's me like giving the permission slip. Absolutely. And I was so stoked when <laughs> when you said yourself. I was really hoping that um, somebody would say that because it's so important that we see examples of that and we make that normal and that it's not, especially as a woman, it's not being showy or up yourself or any of those things that we negatively associate with saying oh I I feel whole I feel good and I have a really healthy amount of self-love I think that that gives permission to everyone else to really explore how that feels for them and you know if there is that red flag rearing up is it like okay is that actually about me or is it my fear of being judged by others because within myself, I feel good and whole and I feel, I do feel a real sense of love for this person and for who I've become. And, you know, even with all those battle scars that I've gotten over the years. And so when, when you start feeling like, oh, but I'm scared to put it out there or I'm a bit resistant what is it really about? And I know that you would have been through a lot or enough that you would know what is the actual truth and what is a what if or an assumption. Um, and that's why you you put it out there and said the person that I love the most is me. And then you're enabling other women to give themselves permission to say that. But early on in personal development journeys, it's really interesting to see, okay, what is what is it about this that makes me feel uncomfortable? And a lot of the time, it's not you and how you feel about something. It's about how everyone else around you will feel about that and being scared of how they'll react to that. And so it takes someone brave and empowered to say, I understand that and I feel that it's real but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because 
I really, I really want to be honest and true and show other women that it's okay. I mean, that's the whole reason I created this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's interesting when you make that decision, you decide like that belief or that conviction or what you, your why is, how much it is easier to do those things. Like I said, I make that post or record a podcast or reach out to someone where I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe they'll say yes, maybe they won't. But I'm just like, it's not about me. It's about who I'm bringing on. Well, part of it is about me because I want to learn more about other people. It's like we tend to do things selfishly here. Okay. I'll be honest. I love this podcast because I like learning about other people and creating those connections, but it's also about my audience. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. And it can be both. There's no reason it can't be both serve you and serve others. And I think the people that we want to help most are an earlier version of ourselves where we did feel lost and we did look for answers and sometimes came up short. So I think it's a beautiful thing that you've done. Well, thank you. I mean, you provided me with more opportunity to do that. So thank you. Uh, Before I switch into the final question, questions, what is something right now that you wish you would give yourself permission on or that you're you're not giving yourself permission something right now oh that's interesting that's a good question do you hit a lot of people no i don't (laughs) it just came up i'm just like (laughs) this is where like i trust my (laughs) intuition and i i just ask a question so no, but you will hear like listening to other guests on the podcast are like, that's a really good question. Where did that come from? Or you're really good at asking questions. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I love a good question. They make me so happy. <laughs> White flag. Uh, <laughs> well, at the moment, it's interesting because with everything globally in the, the current climate that we're in. Obviously, my business is events and that is, it doesn't exist in this climate. And we had a short conversation before we recorded this podcast around what that looks like for the industry and that it was one of the first industries to go. And it's been such a strange transition because I didn't think I would be in this position. I wholeheartedly know to be true that humans crave connection we will never ever ever replace that with anything else and as soon as we can get off the virtual airwaves we will be hugging each other so deeply and so hard because it's in ourselves that we are with other people we just we are not solo beings there's absolutely no way And so it's been really hard to see that come to a screeching halt by governments across the world and for our own health and safety. And I could have made the decision to pivot because Event Head has been around for seven years. I've done like global international tours. I've worked with the most amazing, incredible people 
the calendar was always full with clients and people that I just loved and adored. And I always had the energy to create and to pivot when needed or to teach. And this time, I've really, really felt deep down inside that I just needed a break. And that is something that I ha- I've really struggled giving myself permission on because I'm like, well, I've spent all of this time on my business. Am I just giving up? Like, what am I doing? And I've wanted to, I guess, just let it go. And yeah, there's been a few conversations with my current partner. He runs a business that I've been helping with and I've been the GM for for the last six months and I made the decision to become an employee with the business and I could never, ever be a good employee with anyone else because I could not have a boss. I'm too far gone. Like if you want stubborn, (laughs) creative, very, (laughs) very loud. Like a a lot of bosses couldn't handle me and I couldn't handle being in a workplace. But this is completely different because it's my partner and I love the business and his family and all of those things. So I made the decision to be an employee and to seek that stability while we're writing this out and also growing a business that I fully and wholly believe in 100%. And that came with guilt and questioning and, you know, what have I done all of this for? And am I just going to let event head go? Or what does that look like? Because I had, I just when they started announcing restrictions in my state and my country, I was meant to be launching my flagship course and so I was moving from an agency model of doing and planning into full-time teaching through event head and that just all went down the drain so that was really hard for me to give myself permission to explore I guess what other things could look like and intuitively like I absolutely know deep down that all signs were pointing this way and that I'm not quite sure what the future looks like yet, but this is where I need to be. And every day that questioning of it gets softer and softer and I still need to remind myself that I've always made the right decisions or I've always gained something. and. I I just really need to trust in this moment that I'm doing the right thing. Um, I wrote this little ebook called Home, I think like a year ago, and it talks about my experience and these things that you can do to really find a place that feels like home. And that's what I always chase, those feelings of peace and contentment and, yes, I'm supposed to be here. And even now I'm still fighting it. A little bit and I don't know why I think it's that transition of letting go or just being at peace that you're not in control so yeah that's that's what I'm working on on at the moment in terms of permission 
it's a yeah and you know it's not like something where you're like with something like this it's not like yes I'm all in no other emotions <laughs> will ever come into this it's always messy it's and that's why it's a transition because it's that that process of okay it used to be 90% this and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and then one day you wake up and you're like, okay, you know, I, I feel really good about that now. And today I'm probably at about 10% questioning my decisions and and softening and surrendering into what this looks like for me. I think that's also a big thing a lot of people struggle with right now is giving them permission to like have grace with themselves during this time. And, you know, even though you had your business, you got something stable during now. There doesn't mean you can't go back and be like, I'm building my business again. It's just what it looks like. But also realizing that you don't have to be like uber productive either. You can just do what you need to do in this moment. Because I see along like with all the memes and different stuff going on, like people were like, was it like Sir Isaac Newton discovered some sort of laws or something? And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, well, there are some people who actually may just need this rest break. And all they get out of it is realizing they need more of that in their life. Like it's clearly the hustle culture that has been created does not work. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you pointed that out because uh, I just, I love being able to go for a walk. I mean, being contained in these four walls, it's like, it gets gets pretty gnarly at times. Just like, let me out, let me out. But but being able to get fresh air and um, have that rest that I was craving and yeah, even just working in this business with my partner, that feels like a break for me because I'm only focusing on this and doing things that I really, truly, deeply love. And I have a team to support that business. Whereas in, in my own business, it's a, a very limited team. And I obviously do the bulk of the work, which I usually don't mind. But Even some of my girlfriends were like, we're thinking of doing this and this. And I was like, I love you guys so much. And thank you for asking me to be part of it. But spiritually, energetically right now, I feel like I'm a little bankrupt and I just cannot give energy into that. Uh, I honestly, like there's a big invisible wall (laughs) stopping me from doing that because I very, very strongly feel the need like you said to rest and also just work on on something else that really makes me feel so so happy and that I look forward to every single day if I had to pivot or work on something else in my own business right now I'd be crying every day it would just feel so hard so I'm very lucky I'm very fortunate that I have that opportunity to have paid work Um, And if I didn't, then there are government benefits and I realise that not everyone is in that position. So for that, I feel so grateful. Um, But this is just what I need right now. And 
that's okay thank to you so much that. for sharing that we're gonna shift into the final questions so what is a book resource podcast course whatever that has created a lot of value in your life that you would share with the audience so many but it's so funny because I work in personal development and all of my friends are people who are up on stages and (laughs) have these massive audiences and I have all of their books next to me and um, I've been on their tours and I've absolutely loved and adored them but I'm not the personal development type of girl in the in that kind of sense <laughs> uh, I really loved like reading books on psychology and my cat's trying to walk on the keyboard right now, which is always fun during a podcast interview. Um, <laughs> but I think personally for me, there were two things that created really pivotal moments in my life. One is something that everyone can go out and buy and get. Teddy, please don't sit on the keyboard, darling. And the other one is something that is a bit more expensive and intense and um, not for everyone, but absolutely something that gave me so, so much. And that is the Beautiful You Life coaching course run by Julie Parker. And I'm actually a trainer of that course. And I did the very, very first, first iteration of it and it changed my life in so many ways because I would absolutely say that I run off my masculine a lot. I found a good balance for myself in terms of like feeling feminine and sensual and slowing down and all of these things, but I really love to go full ball (laughs) at things and learn on the job. You know, I've never really learnt from books. I learn from my in-person experiences and and the things that I live through every day. And even though I studied that to be an events coach, I kind of just made that up. I was like, I want to be an events coach because all of my clients really like to just sit there and talk to me about their feelings. And then I just do all the logistics <laughs> for the actual event. But that was one of the biggest personal development lessons I've ever had in my whole entire life. So it gave me frameworks, it gave me context, it gave me tools, it gave me a community, it gave me support and love. And it honestly still gives to me five, six years in, you know, every day. I'm so happy to be part of this community and still learning and still growing from it. So that's not for everyone, but that's absolutely one amazing thing that you can do if you're ever interested in looking at life coaching as a skill. And the other thing was actually really, really simple. And this stems back to an experience that I had not last year but the year before when I went to Bondi for I think it was six weeks. So I live in Melbourne and I just knew I had to relocate to Bondi for a little bit. And we had been in Sydney, so Bondi Beach is in Sydney, and we had been on tour with one of my clients, so Rebecca Campbell. And I've got all of her her card decks there. 
And I had this one spot that a friend showed me that was on this beautiful walk that a lot of tourists do. And it's called the Bondi to Bronte walk. And there's this one little bit where you climb into bits you're not supposed to climb into and you're sheltered from everything and you're just looking out into the ocean. And I saw whales there and whales are my spirit animal. Every time I see whales, I just know. And I saw these whales, those two whales, and I would say it was a mum and a bub. <laughs> you don't really see, I don't know if dads hang around. <laughs> They're baby whales much. And there were two planes, one taking off and one landing, and a white feather came down in front of me. And I knew I had to be in Bondi. So fast forward for three or four months later, one of my girlfriends actually lived in an apartment in Bondi and her housemate was leaving. And so I said I was going to stay there with Cerise for um like four to six weeks until she found someone I'd pay the rent and it was the best thing I ever did I was going through it hardcore at the time and there was a moment where I was just so sick I was on the ground I was like literally could not get out of bed panic attacks just sobbing and that was all the pain coming through and I knew I had to go through it and it was interesting because every day that I was in Bondi, I had Beck's tarot deck. Every day I would pull a card and every day I picked the same card. And no matter how much I shuffled, no matter how much I would try not to, I would pull the same card and I'd look at it and it was like, call in your team or call in your support and I was like what does that mean like I'm here I'm doing it like I've got my friends I've got my family I get it like why do I keep pulling this card and because I'm an idiot I <laughs> I finally decided to look and read properly what the card meant in the guidebook and there was one bit that I hadn't noticed earlier and it had said, call in the support and that can look like anything. It can be anything. It can be your family, your friends, your doctor, your light worker, your whatever. And then I was like, oh, okay. I kind of thought it meant like spiritual guides or just like because I'll often think about my granddad um, who passed away when I was 12. I'll often think of people like that as my team, my spiritual team. And I was like, oh God, she meant like an actual team of people who can help you. And I wrote this post and <laughs> I, I wrote this post on Instagram and then I was on my bed that night, door closed. I had sent Cerise home to be with her dad for a couple of days while I just went through this. And I was like, okay, universe, you've always, always worked for me before. I believe and I trust and all of this. I really need help. I need you to show me someone who can help me. And I was like, I don't know who it is. I don't know what I need. You have to show me the way. And I've always done this before. It's always worked, whatever. 
that night, I got so many messages from people over this one post because it was very raw and brutal and and I was crying and nobody messaged me though about any sort of help. And I was like, what the hell? Like, so rude. <laughs> I'm asking you for help and there's nothing. And then the next morning I woke up and my friend Chris had messaged me and he was like, I had no idea you're going through all of this. I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, if you ever need me, I'm here for you. By the way, my cousin Dora, she's a healer. And I don't know if you're into this stuff or not, but she's really, really amazing. Here's her website and her phone number. You should get in touch. And that was it. I knew it was her. And we had some virtual sessions and she helped me get through that really, really, really tough part and cut the cords. And we had our final session and I was like, she was like, get outside, get into nature. So I was like, okay. I went and I did my walk and I cried at one stop. I cried at another stop. I cried at another stop. I let it all out, even though I was in public. It was very embarrassing. I didn't care at that point. And I felt lighter and I walked on my way back and I just had this sense and I had a moment of closure with someone I really needed closure with. And I had this sense of a weight lifting and it was like a movie. I'll never forget. It was like a movie where a girl realises she doesn't need a man, she doesn't need that man, she's actually really happy on her own and that moment of liberation and I just felt that joy and then I heard someone say, oh, look out there. I turned around and there were whales <laughs> in the water and I was just like, oh, my God. I just stopped and I watched them for ages and I was crying and anyway, that was a really long story but basically after that day I never pulled that card again. So that was absolutely one of the tools that I use that was really simple it was easy there was no procrastination all I had to do in the morning was pull a card and trust that a message would get across to me and it wasn't big it wasn't expensive it wasn't scary it was just this is what you need to receive right now and was I willing to receive it and um yeah still haven't pulled that card since <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful that just reminds me of a time I was eating so dove chocolates I don't know if they have them over there okay and they have little sayings on the inside yeah okay so over here they have little sayings on the inside and I was with my best friend and one night we having one of those nights she'd get her sour patch kids I'd get the dove chocolates and I got the same message 16 times so I ate 16 chocolates but I got the, and she was eating chocolates out of the same bag same message that said ma there's magic in the mess and she kept getting these other ones like smile like send a letter and all of this and I'm just like what the heck is going on here apparently I just need to embrace the mess and understand there's magic in it I love that and yeah see like so simple it's so simple and something that is not scary at all. You're just eating chocolate. You're like, this is the message I need to hear. Yeah.
So between your chocolate and my cards, we've got the world's we've got the world's problem sorted. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to end all world suffering, guys. <laughs> Where can everyone uh, find you? Can you can find me at jademckenzie.me. So that's Mackenzie with M-C-K dot me. And on my Instagram, I'm jade.i.mackenzie. So, yes, would love to connect with everybody on there. It's fun. What would you say has been your bravest moment? Definitely, definitely going out on my own and in terms of my business and and backing myself i had backed many many other people for many many years and built up their businesses into huge successes and then deciding to do that for myself was a absolute turning point where i had to be all in and so brave that's really brave people don't always do that and the final question, what is your definition of brave? This is something that I have to talk about with my daughter all the time because she says to me, oh, but mummy, I'm not brave. And I always say to her, she's seven now, we've had this conversation a few times over the years because she thinks that being brave is not being scared. But I always have to say to her that, darling, you are so brave because even though you were scared, you did it anyway. And that's what being brave is. And that's what it will always be to me. Even though you're scared, you do it anyway. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like we could talk for hours about many different things. But I thank you for coming on and just sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've loved it and um, I really appreciate this time with you. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Built Brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember... You've always been brave.